Welcome to the Bike Pack Adventures Podcast. I am your host, Chris Panaski. This podcast was created so as to share the stories of bike tours, bike packers, and endurance cyclists from around the world as they embark on amazing adventures. Through their stories, you'll be able to learn the ins and outs of bike travel. You'll get insight into various countries and cultures around the world, hear fantastic stories of their journeys. Through both mine and my guests' experiences, you'll learn about the pros and cons of specific gear, bikes, and bike setups. If you're new to bike travel and considering going on an adventure, I hope the podcast provides you with that extra little bit of motivation to make it happen. I want to thank Panorama Cycles, Redshift Sports, Restrap, Race Day Fuel, and Brockman Cyclery for supporting Bike Pack Adventures and helping to keep me on the bike. Check out the show notes for more information about these amazing companies. Thanks and keep on pedaling. Hey, and welcome back to Unpacking Bikepacking, a monthly segment of the Bike Pack Adventures podcast. The hope of this segment is to share my thoughts and insights into various bikepacking related subjects, plan to share a bit about my own personal journey with regards to planning and training, talk about gear I've been experimenting with, discuss resources or kit I've come across, talk about my bikepacking setup and any changes I've made, possibly review something I've been using, and of course share my two cents on current interest topics or opinions, and of course talk about my triumphs and failures. I hope you enjoy the segment, and if you have any comments, questions, or ideas, please reach out and let me know. So, getting rolling. Um, Personal reflections, training, planning, things like that. I have still not yet started a training plan, so this is really, really annoying me. I feel like I'm in a bit of a slump, and winter hasn't even reached, but it's not really that. I was sick for a few weeks. And then just as I was recovering, I was off to St. John, New Brunswick uh, on a business trip. Um, it was a French teacher's, uh, French immersion teacher's um, congress. So it was pretty cool. Lots of awesome, awesome educational seminars where, you know, you got lots of ideas for how to improve French within the classroom. So, hey, it's my job. I did manage to get into the gym a couple times for a swim and a run, which is impressive because I didn't think I would actually manage it. And um, yeah, and then I got back and this week we are finalizing progress reports, which is the first report card of the year. And uh, pretty stuck on that because I, I was gone for four days and didn't get much done. So that is what I'm working on. Planning to get things rolling next week. Still the plan. Uh, found my heart rate monitor, which is great. I have been missing it since March when I did my fat bike trip. I thought I lost it somewhere in the snow, but I was doubtful about that. And I was going through the this old cabinet drawer where we keep all kinds of dog treats and stuff. It's quite a deep basket in there. And I found the heart rate monitor. And I can only imagine one way that that would in, get in there. And... uh Probably my mother-in-law put it there, thinking it's something to do for the dog. Anyways, whatever. I had already ordered another one from Brockton Cyclery, so it looks like I'll have two heart rate monitors. So one will be a spare, I guess. What else? I'm Yeah, like I mentioned, I recovered from the cold and all that stuff, and life is good. Probably, most likely, most rides for the next couple of weeks um, 
are going to either be related to commuting or taking my dog for trips into the Gatineau Park. As I have a few projects on the go here at home and I've got to get those finished before winter comes full blast. I've been building a shelter to cover my maple syrup evaporator uh, so that in the spring I'm not in the rain when it's raining. And uh, also you lose a lot of a lot of the temperature from the wind and stuff blowing across your oven or the stove, I should say. So by building a shelter with a metal roof and I can have tarps on the side, it'll go a long ways to improving the boil rate. So yeah, that's super cool. Uh, also, I got a bunch of wood to split and well, cut and split and get stacked before winter comes. So that is kind of the priority for the weekend. Well, ever now say love you. Um, so what you get when you live in the countryside. Uh, but I do have two books I'm trying to draw inspiration from with regards to training plans. Um, one of them is Cyclist Training Bible by Joe Friel. It is the fifth edition now, but it's a long time book that people have used to to really dive into training for any kind of cycling. Um, and then I also got a recent book, The Ultra Cycling and Bikepacking uh, it's called Ultra Cycling and Bikepacking, All You Need to Know, and it's by Stefan Barth. Um, and he just sent it to me recently, which is really, really awesome. And I know in there they go into as well training and stuff. So I want to have a little bit of a look through that this weekend, try to get some stuff on paper so I can get started and uh, feel a little bit better about myself. Also planning to start uh, commuting on Monday. So drop the baby at daycare pop over to the area where I park, park my car, and then ride a good 13K to work there and back. So not too much and uh, just enough to feel good about it, you know? Yeah, so that's that. Um, gear selection. I think I'm going to talk today about pedals. Uh, man, I remember in 2020 when I was uh, building up my Opus gravel bike for my big adventures of ultra cycling that got derailed because of COVID and ultimately ultimately resulted in me cycling from Vancouver to Whitehorse and then on to Winnipeg, uh, which was still a pretty epic trip. Let me say I, um, I was sponsored by outdoor gear Canada and they, they are distributor of time products. I thought, Oh, you know what? I'll use this sweet discount and I'll put on, time pedals on all my bikes so then I can just clip in and out of everything and so I installed the time attack on my mountain bike and time cyclo gravel pedals on the gravel bike and on my folding bike and uh yeah they sucked I had non-stop problems with them I do meet occasional people that say they love time pedals I can't imagine how, um, well, you know, it just depends on how hard you are on stuff, I guess. But while on my bike tour and, um, actually didn't happen too much on that tour. It started later, but anyways, um, the cyclo gravel pedals are designed to have this quick entry system. So they basically have a little metal bracket that when you push your foot into the pedal, it's kind of. Sorry, no, when you disconnect your foot, the uh, the release spring pushes back and it gets caught by this little metal bracket so that when you go to insert, you don't have to actually um, spread the clips that hold uh, the 
onto your p- cleat. So not sure if that explains it well. But anyways, it's supposed to lock in place. So then when you go to put your foot in, boom, it's ready to go and it just locks in. Unfortunately, that thing gets bent uh, slowly over time and stops working very well and actually becomes very, very, very hard to insert your foot because the the quick insert whatever system is not working. Um, it just becomes a really, really hard pedal to get into. So I remember when I was doing the BT700 and uh, setting, I set the FKT that lasted all of two days. Um, I remember on that ride, I must have stopped. Luckily, I had a pocket knife that uh, was a folding knife, and I could use the handle of it to push the clips open. But I had to stop, I don't know, every time I dismounted and took my foot out of the left side, I believe it was the left side, left side pedal. Um, every single time I did that, I had to then get off the bike, push the, uh, push the things apart, whatever, so that it would then be able to get my foot in there and have it clip on. It was a pain in the ass. And that was pretty much the last time I used those pedals. I think I actually used them once again after thinking, hey, Maybe it'll work better now and then regretted it as much. Uh, the mountain bike pedals, the time attack pedals are much better than the cyclo pedals. But I found that uh, when you're riding some single track stuff, there are times where you get pedal strike on rocks and whatnot. And these pedal strikes um, bent the bent the, I don't know, bar the same thing i guess on the other pedals uh they bent the bar that a lot the clips and hooks onto your your cleats and this just made it really sloppy and i would constantly fall out on the one side so i'd like every time i wanted to hook clip in with my left foot again i would have to look down and see if it was the bent bar side or the other side and make sure i get the right one in anyways ultimately kind of a fail you know i've used shimano pedals for years and years and years I have bashed the living crap out of them against rocks and stuff, you know, not on purpose, obviously, but over time and never had a failure ever. So yeah, those are in the garage in a box. I, I mean, they're not even worth sale, selling. So if you're somebody that wants to, uh, you're local and you're like, I want to give them a shot or whatever, let me know. I'll give them to you, whatever. Uh, yeah. So what else? Um, yeah, back on Shimano using XTRs on my mountain bike and on the gravel bike. I have some cheaper ones. I don't remember. I should get a second set next year, but we'll wait till then. Um, and I'm planning to put Crank Brothers candy pedals on my fat bike. I, I was using Shimano last year. Uh, there's a local legend guy and he we were out riding and he was talking to me about the egg beaters. He was like, dude, you just got to get them. They completely shed the snow. Even if your boots all clogged with snow, it just cuts right through it and boom, you're clipped in and never fails. And then I was talking to my buddy Carl and his girlfriend, Emily, and I mentioned that and they said, well, actually, we both went with the candy because it provides a little bit of a platform. It's a lot more comfortable on your feet, less likely to get blisters and stuff. And so that seems like a good enough reason to me, two to one. Uh, So I'm planning to get some Crank Brothers candies on that fat bike. Um, yeah, that's that. Uh, what else? Mm, something I've come across interesting kit that I'm really looking out forward to trying out is the, uh, Bariac 
uh, handlebar. I don't know what we say it. Uh, mounting expedition rails. Yeah, that's what it is. Baryak expedition rails. Um, I've looked at them before. They're quite expensive, so it was just kind of a a dream, a, like a futuristic wish on the list of things to get. And uh, somebody on Facebook in the local area was selling a set and chatted with them, negotiated a bit, and ultimately bought them. So I got the Baryak Expedition Rails, and they are going to be paired with the Expedition XL add-on uh, with carbon bar ends and the profile design flip-up armrests. So really excited to try that out. I think it's a, it's a supremely cool piece of kit. Um, I've seen some riding riders rigs from the Atlas mountain race where they had them and they were using them and it looks great. Um, so yeah, my buddy, Carl, same Carl has a, um, custom had some custom made by his, uh, his welding friend. I think it was him that made him flansberium. Uh, I know he has a, um, a lot of tools to cut aluminum and stuff as well. So yeah, I'm pretty sure that he was the one that made it for Carl, but it looks pretty cool. Um, and with the Expedition XL, it will extend it a bit, so it becomes a, a more efficient aero bar if that's what you're going for, which is what I'm always going for. Uh, some of the benefits of the Baryak uh, system is lots of mount- mounting spots because of the way it's designed, you have actually lots of a couple of spots where you have basically crossbars and makes it really uh really easy to to mount things like lights and garmin and all those things and there's also if you you can buy some little plates that they make that have uh, garmin mounts and quad lock mounts and stuff and mount them right to the um right to the rails i think it would take a little longer to to get accustomed and set it up the way that you want and that you're comfortable with but uh you know, that's just the way it goes. Also, another really good advantage to them is uh, when you mount your rolls and stuff on the front of your bike, it takes everything off the cables, putting in some space and uh, yeah, keeping uh, keeping everything looking sweet. Uh, the downsides, of course, it's a little bit heavier than aero bars. Um, but then again, even if you're using aero bars, if you're using some kind of roll on the front of your bike that has a harness, it's going to add weight anyways so you know you're always adding weight basically but it is heavier and they're very expensive i think the the set what i got costs new roughly 750 dollars canadian so it's not cheap Uh, i got it for a really good price so i'm super happy with that because i'm pretty tapped budget wise these days before continuing on with the show i'd like to thank panorama cycles for sponsoring this podcast Panorama Cycles is a bicycle manufacturer in Quebec, Canada, dedicated to backcountry cyclists that prefer gravel, snow, and off-road trails. They believe cycling is a catalyst for adventures of all sizes, and that there's no need to travel across the world or to be a seasoned athlete to live epic outdoor adventures. Over the past year, I've been riding the Chick Shocks Fat Bike, the Catadan Gravel Bike, and the Taiga Mountain Bike. From everyday rides, bikepacking trips, and a multitude of races and events, these bikes have put a huge smile on my face every step of the way while also getting me on the podium on the Wendigo Ultra Fat Bike Race and helped me set an FKT on the Canadian Shield 400. In partnering up with the Bike Pack Adventures podcast, Panorama Cycles also wants to give back to the cycling community, particularly you, the listeners of the podcast. By using the promo code BPA10 when purchasing a new bike from PanoramaCycles.com, you'll save 10%. 
For more information on their environmental commitments or to check out their bikes, head to panoramacycles.com. Now back to the show. The other thing that I'm concerned about a bit uh, is my past experience with profile design armrest hasn't been as positive as they've been with Redshift. So I found when I used the profile design armrest that my arms pushed on the outside a bit, maybe just the way the curves and stuff were. And uh, so I dug into my forearms a bit more and, you know, it wasn't the end of the world. I mean, I could definitely still stay in the aero bars for hours at a time, but it always felt just kind of not perfect, you know? Um, and as well with the, with the uh, flip up armrests and the bariac rails, uh, it's just taking up more real estate as well on the handlebars, right? So it's something you got to really consider at all times. Yeah. So anyways, that's uh, that's something I'm looking really forward to putting on. Probably it's going to be mounted first on the fat bike before anything else, just because that season's coming. And I'm planning to do the Wendigo again. And um, yeah, it's just kind of fun to play around with stuff and do crazy things. So yeah. Uh, something else I've been trying um, on my setup. Nothing to do with bike packing, but uh, I recently got a bike joring setup for my dog Indigo, and uh, so I've been playing around with that a little bit, trying to get her used to it. She's she's not a huge fan of the harness, but once she's in it, she's super happy to run. She's just not really happy to run in front of me. She's more of like I want to run beside you kind of thing. So, um. So I'm not using the the front antenna yet. I tried it and she would just kept going back to the side of me. So I've ordered a belt and that's coming in the mail. And so I'm attaching her lead to the belt and she's running beside me for now. Just trying to get her used to the harness, but I'm also going to use it as a means of training her by walking slash running uh, to try to encourage her to stay up ahead of me. So we'll see how that goes. Sorry, my throat is really itchy. All right, sorry about that. And um, yeah, so if I can build her up on that, then I can get her back on the uh, the front antenna extension and have her running in front of me in the trails, which will be really, really epic and super fun. But that might take some time. So uh, if anybody out there is a pro at bike joring and has advice, please reach out because, you know, I need it. And uh, what else? So, yeah, I mentioned already the Crank Brothers Candy Petals. I'm really looking forward to do that as well. <clears throat> um, yeah, this uh, this month in gear reviews, it's kind of, it's, it is the season. It is the season. Fat bike season is just around the corner. We've already started getting a little snow, and I think we're going to get more tomorrow. So I figured let's talk about my fat bike. I've been riding for... About the past year, a Panorama Chick Chocks carbon fat bike. Bear in mind, it was sponsored and uh, I didn't pay for it. So, uh, you know, there is that caveat. Um, but on that note, it is a wicked bike. And um, I get nothing but praises, praises, praise about it when people see it because it has some sweet lines. Um, yeah, it can accommodate four and a half inch wide tires on the 27.5s. And I think if you put it down to 26s, you can get five inch tires on. So, you know, there's lots of versatility there. Lots of mounting points. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Cables are routed internally. There's a dropper post on it. 
This was the first bike I've used with a dropper post. Uh, I didn't like it at first. I thought it's awful to use a dropper post until you start falling off the trail into really deep snow up to your knees. And then all of a sudden you realize like, oh yeah, man, when I put that dropper post down and to get back on the bike, wicked easy. So uh, that grew on me. Now I've been mountain biking a lot more and using a dropper post on my Taiga mountain bike. And now I'm not sure if I can go back to anything else because the dropper post is pretty wicked. Uh, another really nice thing about this bike is it is a sub 30 pound bike with the tubes in. So um, I think it weighed in now. It might've been a size small or maybe it's medium. Um, I'm riding the medium. Anyways, it weighs in at like 29 and a half pounds or something with the tubes. And you pretty much lose like two pounds when you take those tubes out. So it gets down to like 27 and a half pounds, which is pretty incredible. Considering those aren't carbon fiber rims, they are alloy rims. <clears throat> and um, yeah, it's fast. I mean, the bike flies essentially. It's it's not a heavy bike. It's it's really nimble. It's it's peppy. You know, when you push your pedals, when you push it forward, you go. Um, and of course, there's been a lot of learning process to using a fat bike, um, such as don't hammer on the front brakes like you would on a normal bike. I mean, by hammered on, I mean don't use the front brakes at all hardly um <clears throat> it's easy to start a front skid and to slide and just to lose traction i did change a few things on the bike i converted it tubeless so that was a huge one um takes off weight uh it allows you to go lower psi which is really important on a fat bike because you go real low uh, I also studied the tires. Now, I'm not sure if I did the right thing. I put studs in every hole and then realized from listening to other people and stuff is you don't really have to go every other hole. Like you can go, I mean, every hole, you can go stud every other hole and um, still get lots of traction, but A, not spend as much of a fortune on studs and also keep it a little bit lighter because studs aren't light, right? I also installed something called fatty strippers. If you've never heard of it, check it out. Uh, basically, they're a little latex liner that goes inside uh, the rim and overhangs the edges and then kind of self-adheres to the tire over time. And it creates this extra layer. So you're unlikely to burp the tire and lose your air. And I've got to say, people I've talked to and my experience so far, too, is they are phenomenal. Uh, took a little bit of time to install and stuff, um, but wicked cool and really good. I think I've had those tires down to something like two and a half or three PSI. And uh, even when you're pulling corners and stuff, it's never rolled, never burped, nothing. Uh, finally, I put on Wolf Tooth Mega Fat Paws with silicone grips. Uh, oh, and little silicone grips on the levers because my fingers kept getting cold. And... The stock handlebars on the bike are alloy, and so cold can, tends to go through pretty easily. So the Wolf Tooth Mega Fat Paws are nice and thick, super cushy, and uh, insulate pretty well. So yeah, so far, uh, super impressed with the bike. I didn't change too much last year. I had flat pedals on at first, and then I bought some 45 North Wolfgar boots and... Um, put on cleats and I think I'm just using normal Shimano pedals at the moment. So that's another thing I might change up soon. 
Um, I spend most of my time riding in the Gatineau Park. Um, lots of trails in there. It's very close to home, so super cozy, easy to get out for a ride. Super fun. Um, and some of the downhill sections that are usually really rough on a bike, on a normal bike in the summer, are wicked fast on a fat bike. Uh, never crashed yet. Knock on wood, uh, because yeah, a couple times I went pretty quick. Um, <clears throat> I forget where it was, but there was a fat bike event uh, across the river somewhere in Cantley, and uh, that was really fun. It was a golf course, um, so I did that for a day. Saw a bunch of friends there. Lots of rides with the dog just around the neighborhood. Um, unofficially, sometimes up into the Gatineau Park because you're not allowed to bring your dog. And uh, I would never do that. Maybe I would. Um, I also did the Wendigo Ultra 50K fat bike race and came third, which was really fun. And this year I'm looking forward to to either doing the 100 or 200K. And then I went on a little winter expedition along the Petit Trains Nord from Bois-Briand to La Conception. And back, so that was about 180k over three nights, four days. Uh, really easy paced riding, just enjoying the moments. Uh, lots and lots of snow, and sometimes turning into wet rain. But it was a great few days, and uh, wild camping, cooking, proper food on your own, not in a race mode. It was pretty cool. It was enjoyable. So yeah, that's uh, that's what I did last year. So I think I had a very varied uh amount of events and types of riding and i think that uh yeah um i mean a fat bike's a fat bike is a fat bike but you definitely get what you pay for and um i'm sure there's a big big difference between a 45 pound bike and a 30 pound bike right so um component wise i mean i can't complain this bike had everything that i could want um so yeah super cool uh, this year, I'm going to change a couple things. I'm going to install, install some carbon fiber bars that have a little bit more back sweep and a slightly longer stem, potentially a redshift one, just to give a eat up a little bit of bumps and stuff. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, that'll be it. And the pedals, as I mentioned earlier. So not too much uh, to change this year, but um, just want to keep playing around with it and make it as comfortable as possible for the longer rides. Oh, and install that Baryak system. Yeah, man, that's going to be wicked fun. So yeah, just to uh, just to keep me focused and doing the things I I say I'm gonna do. Uh, one of my wild ideas slash bucket list goals last year that I never got around to was to uh, to create my own bike packing bag. So not not obviously as a thing for sale, but just to play around and make one for myself for the fun of it. I mean, I have a I have an old uh, sewing machine here that my mom gave me and uh, it's been sitting upstairs for a while with me with the intention of doing this and I just never got around to it last year. So this year I'm really hoping to do it. My goal is to make a frame bag for the fat bike. That way I can play around a bit with widths and stuff and see how it works and see how it goes and uh, also at the same time create a storage space for stuff on the fat bike. And so yeah, I'm looking really forward to that and of course I've I've learned uh, a ton by listening and chatting with uh, Eric and Jen because they, they create their own bags, mostly. Uh, another really cool guy, Ty Dolman, he makes his own bags and uh, has a little business. And I've, I've heard him a couple times talk about products he makes and how he goes about it. And 
I'm looking forward to having him on the podcast soon to talk about that as well. Uh, so yeah, just to take some of these, uh, this knowledge and advice and, uh, try something out, you know, take a risk, just go for it. Um, you know, if you never try something new, you can't fail, but, uh, it's worth it, right? Just to, to get that experience. Anyways, um, no real triumphs and setbacks because I haven't feel I don't feel like I got anything done since last month. Uh, just a few rides in and stuff, nothing nothing crazy. Um, now I'm feeling better, recovered. Still have a little bit of a cough. That's why I've been pausing this recording throughout. And uh, yeah, so hopefully uh, just continue to improve and uh, get started on actual plan. Something that makes me feel like something concrete and um, makes me feel focused. I, I need that. I'm the kind of person. Uh, upcoming, I'm considering, now let me know if what you think, I'm considering to get a winter beater for commuting to and from work, uh, rather than destroy the brand new Katadin with all the slush and salt and stuff and to save myself from having to wash the bike every day to keep it clean. Um, yeah, so I'm thinking about getting a commuter. If people have any recommendations, uh, whether I should get flat bar or drop bar, I mean, I have, I have, um. I have pogies for both, so I think I can work with anything, but uh, maybe there's better advice out there. And as well, if somebody in the local area has a bike they just want to get rid of, that's roughly a medium or a large, um, let me know. That would be so greatly appreciated. Let me know what it would cost or whatever, and uh, I'll figure it out. So, um, yeah. Uh, What else? Potentially, I'd like to get out for a nice long shoulder season ride. Maybe a trimmed down version of the Canadian Shield 400 or maybe even the unreleased Boats and Bridges route I put together, um, kind of following the the Ottawa River and on both sides, north and south, crossing over bridges, taking a couple ferries and stuff like that. So maybe that route. Um, just got to do it before water freezes, which there's quite a bit of time for that. Uh, what else? I also just registered myself, my wife, and Jasmine for the Log Drivers Waltz Spring Rally, which is going to be taking place in, I think there are two dates, or the last weekend of April, first weekend of March, uh, sorry, May. And uh, yeah, I registered for the first weekend of May because the last weekend of April is my birthday, and I'm sure my wife wants to arrange something for me. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's the plan there. And, uh, yeah, if you're in the region and looking for an early season bikepacking weekend with lots of amazing people, I highly recommend this, uh, this get together. It's a, it's a great, great, uh, two days of riding ish to two nights of camping or one night if you want to do it that way. Cause that works too. That's what I did this year. And, uh, yeah, get to know some other people and talk bikes. What else could you hope for in, uh, this time of the year? Anyways, that is it. Hope you guys enjoyed. Talk to you soon and keep on pedaling. Bye-bye. I want to end the show by thanking all my listeners once again for the emails and comments I regularly receive from you. It really helps motivate me and keep me going with this project and to continue sharing people's amazing stories. If you have questions or comments, you can email me at bike at bikepackadventures.ca or go to bikepackadventures.ca and shoot me a message through the contact form. You can also check out the webpage for past podcast episodes, bikepacking routes throughout Canada, blog posts, videos, and touring tips. Lastly, I'd like to once again thank all the individuals and companies that are supporting the podcast. If you are enjoying the show and like what I'm doing, you can become one of my show supporters by going to 
patreon.com slash bikepackadventures. And for just a few dollars a month, you can help keep this show going. You can also help out by sending a one-time donation through PayPal. This money all goes back into the podcast, help me to cover the costs associated with running the show, buy new equipment when necessary, and produce the high-quality content that you've become accustomed to. Much appreciated, and keep on pedaling. <laughs>